This is Service and Honor, Episode 1. And then Lieutenant Murphy walked out into the open ground. He walked until he was more or less into the center, gunfire all around him, and he sat on a small rock and began punching in the numbers to HQ. I could hear him talking. My men are taking heavy fire. We're getting picked apart. My guys are dying out here. We need help. And right then, Mikey took a bullet straight in the back. I saw the blood spurt from his chest. He slumped forward, dropping his phone and his rifle. But then he braced himself, grabbed them both, sat upright again, and once more put the phone to his ear. I heard him speak again. Roger that, sir. Thank you. Then he stood up and staggered out to our bad position, the one guarding our left, and Mikey just started fighting again, firing at the enemy. He was hitting them too, having made that one last desperate call to base, the one that might yet save us if they could send help in time, before we were overwhelmed. Only I knew what Mikey had done. He understood we had only one realistic chance and that was to call in help. He also knew there was only one place from which he could possibly make that cell phone work, out in the open, away from the cliff walls. Knowing the risk, understanding the danger. In the full knowledge the phone call could cost him his life, Lieutenant Michael Patrick Murphy, son of Maureen, fiance of the beautiful Heather, walked out into the firestorm. His objective was clear, to make one last valiant attempt to save his two teammates. He made the call, made the connection. He reported out proximate position, the strength of our enemy, and how serious the situation was. When they shot him, I thought mortally, he kept talking. Roger that, sir. Thank you. On June 28th. 2005. Four men from SEAL Team 1. Lieutenant Michael Murphy. Sonar Technician 2nd Class Matthew Axelson. Gunner's Mate 2nd Class Danny Dietz. And Hospital Corpsman 1st Class Marcus Luttrell were inserted into hostile Taliban territory. They were tasked with the neutralization of a Taliban militia leader, Ahmad Shah. During their mission, their position was discovered by local goat herders. Against their better judgment, they released the locals and continued scaling the mount. After some time, perhaps an hour, the team encountered multiple Taliban fighters, initially reported as about 80 insurgents. Marcus Luttrell fired the opening shot. The Taliban fighters unleashed hell onto the Americans, and they were met with heavy resistance. They continued fighting, moving down the cliff face as they went, falling tens of feet every time. Danny Dietz, after sustaining multiple bullet wounds, was shot in the head while moving cover positions. Luttrell 
held him in his arms. Right then, a bullet caught him in the upper part of his face. I heard it hit home. I turned to help him, and the blood from his head wound spilled all over both of us. I called out to him, but it was too late. He wasn't fighting the terrible pain anymore, and he couldn't hear me. Danny Dietz died right there in my arms. I don't know how quickly hearts break, but that nearly broke mine. And still, the gunfire never abated. I dragged Danny off the open ground, maybe five feet, and then I said goodbye to him. The remainder of the team continued to move further down the mountain. The team was heavily outnumbered, but continued to fight. Fuck surrender, said Mikey, and he had no need to explain further, either to Axe or me. Surrender would have been a disgrace to our community, like ringing the bell at the edge of the grinder and putting your helmet in the line. No one who had made it through this far, to this no-man's land in the Afghan mountains, would have dreamed of giving up. Remember the philosophy of the United States Navy SEALs. I will never quit. My nation expects me to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my enemies. If knocked down, I will get back up. Every time. I will draw on every remaining ounce of strength to protect my teammates. I am never out of the fight. Those words have sustained many brave men down the years. They were engraved upon the soul of every seal, and they were in the minds of all of us. And he groped in his pocket for his mobile phone, the one we had dared not use because it would betray our position. And then Lieutenant Murphy walked out into the open ground. He walked until he was more or less in the center, gunfire all around him. And he sat on a small rock and began punching in the numbers to HQ. I could hear him talking. My men are taking heavy fire. We're getting picked apart. My guys are dying out here. We need help. And right then, Mikey took a bullet straight in the back. I saw the blood spurt from his chest. He slumped forward, dropping his phone and his rifle. But then he braced himself, grabbed them both, sat upright again, and once more put the phone to his ear. I heard him speak again. Roger that, sir. Thank you. Then he stood up and staggered out to our bad position, the one guarding our left, and Mikey just started fighting again, firing at the enemy. He was hitting them too, having made that one last desperate call to base, the one that might yet save us if they could send help in time, before we were overwhelmed. Only I knew what Mikey had done. He understood we had only one realistic chance, and that was to call in help. He also knew there was only one place from which he could possibly make that cell phone work, out in the open away from the cliff walls. Knowing the risk, understanding the danger, in the full knowledge the phone call would cost him his life, Lieutenant Michael Patrick Murphy, son of Marine, fiance, 
of the beautiful Heather walked out into the firestorm. His objective was clear, to make one last valiant attempt to save his two teammates. He made the call, made the connection. He reported our approximate position, the strength of our enemy, and how serious the situation was. When they shot him, I thought mortally, he kept talking. Roger that, sir. Thank you. Will those words ever dim in my memory, even if I live to be a hundred? Will I ever forget them? Would you? And was there ever a greater SEAL team commander, an officer who fought to the last, and as perhaps his dying move, risked everything to save his remaining men? Murphy called in reinforcements. They all had multiple bullet wounds and were bleeding profusely. Murphy, Axe, and Littrell kept on fighting the Taliban insurgents. But then Murphy was shot. Mikey was still firing, but suddenly I heard him scream my name, the most bone-chilling, primal scream. Help me, Marcus. Please help me. He was my best friend in all the world, but he was 30 yards up the mountain, and I could not climb to him. I could hardly walk, and if I had moved two yards out of my protected position, they would have hit me with a hundred bullets. Nonetheless, I edged out around the rocks to try to give him covering fire, to force these bastards back, give him a breather, until I could find a way to get up there without getting mowed down. And all the time he was screaming, calling out my name, begging me to help him live. And there was nothing I could do except die with him. Even then, with only a couple of magazines left, I still believed I could nail these fuckers in the turbans and somehow save him and Axe. I just wanted Mikey to stop screaming for his agony to end. But every few seconds, he cried out for me again. And every time it happened, it felt like I'd been stabbed. There were tears welling uncontrollably out of my eyes. Not for the first time on this day. I would have done anything for Mikey. I'd have laid down my own life for him. But my death right here in this outcrop of rocks was not going to save him. If I could save him, it would be by staying alive. And then, as suddenly as it began, the screaming stopped. There was silence for a few seconds, as, he, as if the, even these Taliban warriors understood that Mikey had died. I moved slightly forward and looked up there, in time to see four of them come down and fire rounds into his fallen body. The screaming had stopped. Lieutenant Michael Murphy died on June 28, 2005. Axelson and Luttrell continued to fight, but were separated by an RPG blast and were thrown over the side of the mountain. Both SEALs continued to fight until Axelson was killed by Taliban insurgents. He was found later with very little ammunition. He fought on until the end. 
The rescue attempt that Lieutenant Murphy had called in failed, as the 16 SEAL and Army SOAR operators were killed in their helicopter when an RPG struck the helicopter bay as it opened. None were left alive. Luttrell evaded his pursuers for multiple days and found refuge with Afghan locals. He was later rescued by Americans. Lieutenant Murphy risked his life for his team and continued to fight on until he was killed. Like his fellow patriots, Murphy was a man bound to his team by blood, sweat, and tears. Murphy was buried on July 13, 2005. Luttrell was unable to attend because of his wounds. The following is his official citation of the Medal of Honor. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as the leader of a special reconnaissance element with Naval Special Warfare Task Unit Afghanistan on 27 and 28 June 2005. While leading a mission to locate a high-level anti-coalition militia leader, Lieutenant Murphy demonstrated extraordinary heroism in the face of great danger in the vicinity of Asadabad, Konar Province, Afghanistan. On June 28, 2005, operating in an extremely rugged enemy-controlled area, Lieutenant Murphy's team was discovered by anti-coalition militia sympathizers who revealed their position to Taliban fighters. As a result, between 30 and 40 enemy fighters besieged his four-member team. Demonstrating exceptional resolve, Lieutenant Murphy valiantly led his team in engaging the large enemy force. The ensuing fierce firefight resulted in numerous enemy casualties, as well of, as the wounding of all four members of the team. Ignoring his own wounds and demonstrating exceptional composure, Lieutenant Murphy continued to lead and encourage his men. When the primary communicator fell mortally wounded, Lieutenant Murphy repeatedly attempted to call for assistance for his beleaguered teammates. Realizing the impossibility of communicating in the extreme terrain and in the face of almost certain death, he fought his way into the open terrain to gain a better position to transmit a call. This deliberate, heroic act deprived him of cover, exposing him to direct enemy fire. Finally achieving contact with his headquarters, Lieutenant Murphy maintained his exposed position while he provided his location and requested immediate support for his team. In his final act of bravery, he continued to engage the enemy until he was mortally wounded, gallantly giving his life for his country and for the cause of freedom. By his selfless leadership, courageous actions, and extraordinary devotion to duty, Lieutenant Murphy reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service. Signed, George W. Bush. Lieutenant Michael Murphy demonstrated great courage in an attempt to save his two teammates. He put his own life at risk, 
knowing full well that he was going to die. The parts read in this episode were read from The Lone Survivor, written by Marcus Luttrell and Patrick Robinson. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. I would like to say thank you to the listeners and to the service members of the United States of America for keeping our country safe and for inspiring hope in all others. Thank you for everything you do.